You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. What's up, jabronis? This is episode 176 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror, and you keep using this word jabronis, and it's awesome. <laughs> Have you watched New Rock yet? No. Or, sorry, not, not New Rock. Young Rock. Old Rock. <laughs> Old Rock. Still Classic rock, rock. Still rock and roll to me. <laughs> uh, no, I have not watched any of those. Oh. It's, uh, it's, it's funny. Like, most of the guys in there, they, you know, they have a, a passing resemblance to, to the old-time wrestlers that they're playing. But the guy that plays uh, Iron Sheik, like, he is like a spitting image of the guy. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's just... The guy who plays Rocky Johnson looks really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. He looks a lot like his dad. Um, and even the guy that plays older Rock um, looks a lot like him. Because, you know, like, the Rock has such a, like, a distinct look. Yeah. He's easily identifiable. And the guy that's playing him looks so much like him. It's, it's weird. Um, but... Anyway, yeah, it's just the Iron Sheik uses the word jabroni, and it's just funny. Dude, Iron Sheik is one of the best Twitter followers. <laughs> he just like yells at people and calls them jabronis and tells them he's going to fuck them up. <laughs> Not like people he's engaging with. It's just like, Justin Bieber, jabroni, I fuck you up. <laughs> and the best part about it is that like, it seems like it's some kind of like gag account, but it's actually No, it's him. actually him. <laughs> And sometimes he'll just be like, go to bed or I fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess we'll go to I bed guess. now. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be putting a camel clutch from the Iron Sheik. <laughs> uh, wasn't that one of the Rock's moves for a while? Didn't he do a camel clutch? Mm, I don't. Or some variation of it? I don't think so. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, if you haven't watched Young Rock, like I thought it was going to be kind of dumb, but I was going to watch it anyway because The Rock is the Because you're a mark. I totally am. I fucking love everything about The Rock. He's awesome. Uh, but it's actually pretty funny. Um, it's not like a, you know, like a real like knee slapper, just nonstop laugh riot, you know, but it's, it's, it's got its funny, funny stuff. Yeah, I still haven't checked it out. I'd, it's convincing her to watch it that would be the problem. I think if you put an episode on, she'd probably get into it. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> it's not. Um, it's not super wrestling oriented. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I got. Anyway, how's it going, Taylor? Not so bad. Yeah. What What's new with you? Um. Let's see. So well, since we last talked, I got my first vaccine. Hey. So I'm now five G compliant. There you go. Uh, other than that, I don't know. Although last night, so last night we went to one of the breweries 
brewery. The goddamn brewery. <laughs> um, but I was just, it was like we, there was a wait at all of them. And some of them had lines out front. I'm like, no, I'm not standing in a line in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. But so there was one where we put our name on the list, and then we just kind of walked around. As we're walking around, I'm just like, why are we doing this? This is stupid. Like, there's just too many people. And it just got me thinking. I was like, like, how long is this PTSD from COVID going to last where we're just like, you know, we can't go outside? Yeah. Um, a long time, I think. Yeah. Um, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last episode or if maybe I just told you off mic, but we went out to dinner for the first time in over a year. Um, you know, a few weeks ago. You did talk about this on the episode. You went to Mongolian Grill. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, that was a weird experience. Like we still haven't eaten inside. Yeah. If it was a smaller place, I probably would have been a little more iffy. Yeah. But the place is pretty, pretty big. Like it's, it's almost like a warehouse size. Um, cause they, they moved locations from what you remember. They're not in the mall anymore. They're oh, okay. <clears throat> across the street. Um, but yeah, that was a strange experience. Um, you know, something we used to do all the time. And it was just so foreign and so uncomfortable. At least for me. I yeah. think she seemed a little more comfortable. They're always like, just make sure you wear your mask when you're talking to our, our servers. And then the servers come up behind you and they're like, how's everything? You're like, ah! <laughs> mask, mask, mask. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing about where we were, like I said, you know, it's a, it's a big open space, so it's that's not so much a concern. But where we were sitting was right next to the the grill itself, so you know, you remember the system there, yeah, where you kind of file around both sides of it, and they and you just kind of stand there and wait. Well, you know, people were like leaning up against the railing, you know, two feet away from us. It's like, can you go away, please? Yeah. And then it was kind of a high traffic area, which was a little. That's like, you know, they made these like makeshift outdoor seating areas, but a lot of them are like right up against the sidewalk. And I'm like, is this really all that good? Like I'm right next to people who are walking by every two seconds. Yeah. But I guess you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't begrudge businesses, especially restaurants from needing to stay open or, you know, the, the, the the need the need and the want to stay open and fighting against you know restrictions and stuff but <clears throat> yeah anyway but back to your your question it's like yeah i think this thing is going to last for a long time even after you know the majority of the population's vaccinated cuz you know like there's still people here in Washington state that have been fully vaccinated and still somehow managed to catch yeah, coronavirus. I mean, it's only like all of the vaccines, except for Johnson and Johnson, are ninety five percent effective. So, I mean, somebody's going to fall in that five percent. <laughs> I saw a tweet that said Johnson and Johnson used its uh, its knowledge of two in one shampoo in its COVID vaccine, <laughs> and I was just like, I can't figure out if this is real. <laughs> So I know that Moderna and Pfizer used basically the same kind of technology or the same kind of science with the mRNA approach. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I won't pretend to be. But uh, I think it was Johnson & Johnson used 
a form of the virus itself, not unlike a flu shot mm. for their shot, um, which you know sh- was shown to be effective, albeit not as effective as the other two. Um, yeah, and I, I was seeing some people saying, I haven't researched this for myself, so I don't know if it's entirely accurate, but I was seeing some people saying that a lot of people with like autoimmune diseases are being or are recommending excuse me being recommended to get the Johnson and Johnson rather than the other two. I don't know why, and I don't know how accurate that is, but hmm. but anyway, fun stuff. Yeah, I was just telling you that um, my wife went to go get hers today, but. Because she's pregnant, she had to get a tetanus shot or a Tdap shot, um, and she had already made her appointment to do that. And you know, anybody who's had their vaccine knows when you answer the questionnaire to make your appointment, it asks if you've had a vaccine within the last fourteen days. At the time, she hadn't, but then she got her Tdap shot uh, as a requirement of her, you know, her her uh, pregnancy, and then. She goes to get her shot today, and they turn her away because she's had a vaccination, even though her doctor told her it would be okay. They're basically like, yeah, a lot of people's doctors are saying that you still have to leave. A lot of people's doctors say a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so now, like, I'm getting my next Saturday. Or she got rescheduled for next Saturday. I'm getting my second shot next Friday, and, you know, that is the one that seems to be kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. So I'm going to be probably sick as shit that same day that she's getting her shot. So cool stuff. Fun times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Yeah. Nothing else really going on, I guess. Yeah. Did you have any uh any good April Fools? Anybody get you real good? Um see what gets me about April Fools is I forget about april fools yeah i forget that it's a thing because it never was a thing for me i wasn't like trying to prank people right um and a lot of times i won't see them until several days later so i'll forget that it was on april 1st that oh. this was originally this really yeah you always got to check the date even a couple yeah. days after so what almost got me going was bruce campbell mm. <clears throat> bruce uh posted on his social media an image of a script page, uh, which after just a few lines of reading, you can tell was for the sequel to Doctor Strange. Um, And I think it's the Multiverse of Madness or something. Darkness? No, it's Madness. Madness. Um, And it says that Doctor Strange, you know, appears in in some world and, you know, his portal closes behind him um, and he's just disoriented, doesn't know where he is. And he comes upon, I think it says it comes upon a cabin where some guy comes to, or a disheveled looking guy with a chainsaw for a hand comes to the door or comes into view. And um, yeah, so that, that had me going for a second, but then I'm like, wait a minute. He is like the king of like Fucking with people. Yeah. And then I realized the date was April 1st. Like, okay. I liked Blumhouse <clears throat> put out a trailer 
with uh, Issa Lopez, the director of Tigers Are Not Afraid, mm. for a El Chupacabra movie. And then they were like, April Fool's, and people were like, no, fucking make that movie. <laughs> They're like, that trailer was badass. You make that movie right now. Hey, that's how uh, Machete came around. It's true. And, it, you know, Eli Ross been teasing us with Thanksgiving for nine and a half years or something. <laughs> longer than that. Yeah, fuck. How long did Grindhouse come out? Shit. Um, yeah, crazier, crazier things have happened. It's true. <sighs> um, did Google even do one this year? I no, no. The last two years, they've been like, no, we're not. The, the world's not funny right now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, especially because they always did something like kind of like news related. Yeah. So it's just like I'm not in the mood for, you know, fucked up news. Yeah. <laughs> or weird things. I can't handle it right now. I liked the Google Paper one where it was like a service that would print out your Gmails and then bring them to you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <clears throat> anyway. Yep. Cool stuff. Yeah. Some sad news. Uh, Cleve Hall died. Yeah. Well-known makeup artist who we met at, at Crypticon and we got a picture with and the picture disappeared somehow or something. Yeah. I have no idea where it went. Yeah. That's so weird. Because my, I think that year we were using, I think it was my dad's camera. or my dad. We, your dad took the photos the year that your dad came with us. Yeah. I know we were taking. I don't remember if he used his photo, his phone or your phone or. I think we were taking pictures on our phones and then he also had his camera. He was just taking pictures of his own. And then I think he just lost a bunch of pictures somehow. And the one with corrupted SIM card or something something like that. It was back when people still used, you know, little digital cameras. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I feel like we stopped him for a picture and shot the shit with him for a little while. Yeah, we had a nice little conversation with him. He was was very chatty. Yeah, I, I... for the life of me, I can't remember what we actually talked about. Yeah, I don't um, But yeah, that was our first year at Crypticon. It was I think he might have been the first celebrity that we ran into, too. It was, it was yeah, yeah. First one we had like a one-on-one interaction with. Um, and so, yeah, that was a nice little welcome to Crypticon. Um, and, you know, obviously spurred our several years at this point into it. Um but yeah, he he was a nice guy, and you know he was he was a, a master FX artist, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's cancer. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know that I actually saw. Probably that's what usually does it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, congestive heart failure. Okay. Yeah, but he did Ghoulies. Tony's favorite. Because <laughs> of the toilet. The guy comes out of the toilet. Yeah. He's like, I'm a ghoulie. Ah. <laughs> I just the, love that that's the poster, and it's literally in the movie for two seconds. If that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, the ghoulies. That, yeah, that's what they yeah, do. They, they come out of toilets. They come out of toilets, and they bite your ass. No, just the one. Yeah, just, just the like, one did that. <laughs> the one on the cover, in fact. That's, yeah. that's the one that did it. Uh, out of the turlet. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Your> shit. 
on the outside of the turlets. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's shit on the outside of the turlets. <laughs> this is where the dicks hang out. Uh, okay. Anyway, so yeah, uh, yeah. Sad news about Cleve Hall. That is a bummer. I mean, we never we never saw him again. Yeah. Um, but it was a nice little interaction, um, and uh, wish their uh, best wishes and, and condolences to his friends and family. Um. Anyway, so moving on with the show. Uh, as we always do, we want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks help uh, finance this dog and pony show. Uh, it's not an expensive show we run here, but it does cost money. So every little bit helps. Um, and these fantastic folks are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zuleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, for all of your continued support. It truly means a lot to us. Uh, and um, thanks. <laughs> Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for as little as $1. You can do things like join us on Discord live for horror business, which we are doing right now. Uh, you can also $5 get your name in the show. Uh, $10 gets you some more stuff. I don't even remember at this point. Um, but if you do $100, I'll get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. One of these days. Maybe. I don't know what the people upstairs do. They are stupid and I hate them. <laughs> the one guy, he'll run across the apartment and just go. Rah, 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 rah. Is it a dog? No, it's a human being, but I think he's barking at a dog. I haven't figured out if it's a game or if it's like a like disciplinary thing. <laughs> he's like, oh, if the dog barks, I'll bark back and that'll make him shut up. I don't think that's the thing. It's, it's, it's awful and I hate them. Are they new? Newish. It's mm. been going on for too long now. She got a broom. It's like at one point she had the broom out and she was ready to do it. And then they stopped <laughs> and she was like, all right. Yeah. That's something I definitely don't miss about living in an apartment. Yeah. I know our last place, we specifically picked a place on the bottom floor. So it was easy to move into. So it would stay cool in the summer. Um, and, you know, we were there for a couple months, and it was fine. Uh, the guys above us, it was just, you know, two two single guys living above us. Um, one seemed like he was always gone. He was, like, always at work or something. Uh, and the other guy, I don't know if he worked from home or if he was unemployed or what, but the most obnoxious thing about him was that he would go outside and smoke on his balcony um, and drop his cigarette butts on. Like, I don't know if he was dropping them in a can and missing or just dropping them on a balcony but they would come down onto ours. Mm, that's a, that's funny. Yeah. So once we asked him to stop doing that, um, everything was fine. And then they moved out, and we had this string of obnoxious people move in. And they'd only stay there for like a year at a time. Um, and they were like one group was worse than the next. And at one point there was a family of, it must have been five people living in a two-bedroom apartment. Oh, boy. Um, and fuck, it was obnoxious. And we never had any problems until these people <clears throat> moved in. And it's, yeah, like I said, the guy just runs and barks. 
at one point the people below us have a dog and it was barking and we went out on the patio and you could tell that the people upstairs at least had their door open and Lynn was like, was that downstairs or upstairs? And I was like, the dog barking is downstairs. The human barking is upstairs. <laughs> she was like, did you purposely say that loud enough that they could hear? I was like, a little bit. <laughs> maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, well, should we do some more business? Let's do... Some, some quality quality uh, story here. Dude, all these stories suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like... It's a slow news week. It's it's like the pandemic is finally affecting the horror world. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know, we we're just talking about moving in and out of places and, uh, you know, something that's been... Uh, the thing for a while now is it's a it's a seller's market. It's a tight fucking segue, right? <laughs> uh, seller's market, guys. You know, house house values are going up and up, and really, if you have a even halfway decent house, you can get a pretty penny for it nowadays. Um, my grandparents are selling their beach house on the Jersey Shore, and uh, my dad said they bought it for I think he said eighty grand, and they're going to sell it for like three hundred grand. God damn, my grandma who lived in a suburb of la um she bought a house in 1992 93 i think she bought it for like fifty thousand (laughs) dollars yeah um and uh she sold it um god probably close to 10 years ago um, she sold it for, I think, almost half a million. Holy crap. Yeah. Quite the markup. Yeah. I mean, you know, up here, property values are continuing to go up. Mm-hmm. Down there, it's like an accelerated rate. Really? Property values have been high uh, since, you know, the early 2000s. Uh, actually, probably even the late 90s. Um, and just gone up since then. <clears throat> like I don't know how anybody can afford to have, own a house down there, like on a normal salary. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So the thing about selling a house is you got to make sure that you know you put all your cards on the table. You know, because if somebody goes through it in tours and they find something wrong at the house, they're going to walk away, and then you 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 got to find somebody else to buy it. Full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, you know, part of full disclosure is you want to make sure that all your skeletons are out of the closet, so to speak. Literally and figuratively. Correct. Uh, a Massachusetts woman was uh, looking around. I don't know if she was actually house hunting, but I, she, I think she was walking or biking or something. She noticed uh, something a little odd about. Or yogging. Yogging. <laughs> She noticed something a little odd about the for sale sign at a house uh, in her neighborhood. Um, Upon a closer look, uh, she noticed that the house said in big, or the the for sale sign in big red letters said, not haunted. So my first thought is, I didn't think it was haunted. 
but now but I now do. I do. <laughs> or maybe that it used to be haunted and it was like it was exercised. exercised. <laughs> this house is clear. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so on top of the sign with the name of the broker and the contact information was a sign with the words, not haunted, in big red letters. Uh, Margo Bloomstein said, this house went up around the corner, and I have so many questions. I uh, really just have the one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> house is west of Boston in, in Massachusetts, uh, but Bloomstein didn't want to say exactly where. It's wicked fucking haunted. <laughs> It's got some fucking ghosts in it, dude. Um, uh, yeah, she didn't say exactly what town to, of course, respect the homeowner and her own privacy, I assume. Uh, houses for sale. Like, wouldn't they want to get the name out there? Get, get some PR? <laughs> I guess not if it's on it. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but the strange thing about it is she got in touch with the real estate agency and the realtor... Knew nothing about that. You know, that sounds like to me. Ghosts? Ghosts put up the not haunted sign. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, in a cartoon where they change the arrow on a, a fork in the road. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just picture like, you know, the, the not Casper, but the other ghosts from Casper, like the one that had the hat. <laughs> right. Like they're out there just like. <laughs> that's how they laugh. They just put their hand over their mouth and bounce. Right. <laughs> Or like, uh, um, oh, fuck, what was what was the racing show? Wacky Wacky Racers, something? Speed Racer? No, no, no. What with the guy with the big uh, the big handlebar mustache and Snidely the, Whiplash? Snidely, no, no, no. That's Dudley Do Right. Similar character though, but he had the dog that was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What show was that? Uh, was was. Was it called Wacky Racers? I don't know. I, I definitely remember it, but I don't remember the name of it. Wacky Races. Wacky Races. Yeah, with Penelope. Dick Dastardly. That's the one. And Muttley. Muttley, right. <laughs> and then a Penelope. Penelope Pitstop. Right. Who Dick Dastardly just lusted after. It was wildly inappropriate. He lusted after her with that dastardly dick. <laughs> A big dastardly dick. <laughs> anyway, so I guess the moral of the story here, guys, is this house is there, haunted. If if there is a moral to be found, is that uh, when a house says it's not haunted, it's probably haunted. Especially if the realtors know nothing about it. Right. It's, it's definitely like, ghosts playing a joke. It's like when you buy lotion and it says not very, you know, it doesn't leave a greasy feel. And you know it's definitely going to be greasy afterwards. Because if it wasn't, they wouldn't feel the need to say that. Or like when a shampoo says, no more tears. I promise far outreaching that of a mere shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> you can't promise that shampoo. Mitch? <laughs> Simpsons. Was it? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Let's move on. There are rumors circulating 
that none other than Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, and the others, and the rest, are uh, set to star in a horror comedy. Uh, there's no name attached to it yet. Uh, but as for the plot, the band is reportedly haunted during a recording session. It's the Foo and Fighters. Become... The, ba- the band is the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. The Foo Fighters. Say Foo. Foo. Say Fighter. Fighter. Say Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. <laughs> Say Market. <laughs> market. Market Basket. <laughs> Uh, the band is haunted during a recording session and becomes possessed. <clears throat> that's it. That's that's the whole movie. Cool. Uh, this is it. It says filmed in secret. I don't know if that means it's already done, but it says filmed in secret during the pandemic. Hatchet Three director B.J. McDonnell took the reins on the film that allegedly features a bunch of all-star cameos. That's intriguing. I wonder if it's going to be. Like musicians or uh, actors, or I mean, it's it's Dave Grohl. Like he's he's a chameleon. He he's a jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah, and he's funny as hell. And God damn it, people like him. <laughs> <laughs> like he's friends with the Muppets. We could see the Muppets in this. Fuck, I always love to see the Muppets. <laughs> we watched the Thank God for Jokes last night. You know who doesn't like the word fuck? <laughs> people who came to see the Muppets. And the Muppets. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Microviglia. Is it new? No. What? Christ has lied. Christ is in prison. Christ will come at ten. I don't remember any of this. Oh my god! This is like his best one. Really? Yeah. Fuck! It's on Netflix. What's it called again? Thank God for jokes. The name doesn't even sound familiar, dude. We saw it live in New York. Maybe I haven't seen it. Oh, dude, you're missing out. Maybe I am. Yeah, he did a show with the Muppets, and he like ran on stage. Well, first, he had to follow Fozzie Bear. <laughs> he was like, which people don't know this, but Fozzie Bear is a really good comedian. <laughs> he's like, I know the joke is that he's a bad comedian, and he's a bear. But he's actually really funny, and he has that joke parachute, waka, 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 which is his get her done. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, but he gets heckled off stage by Waldorf and Statler, which is the gay couple that lives up in the balcony, which if that's not the case, then I don't know what's going on, because they go to theater seven nights a week, and they hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, but they they kick him off stage, and then they get to introduce me, because apparently that's what happens, is you heckle someone off the stage, and now you run the show. (laughs) It's like a streaker running on field, and they're like, third base! (laughs) (laughs) But they're like, this guy likes to sleep, or this... uh, This guy has a sleeping disorder. That's funny, because I like to sleep during his act. Ah! (laughs) Because then I jog out on stage and I realize I forgot my stool. So I go, oh, fuck. And I turn around and I run back off stage. (laughs) So not only am I the guy who said fuck on The Muppet Show, I'm the guy who exclusively said fuck on The Muppet Show. (laughs) Oh, fun. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, Anyways, so yeah. 
we might get Muppets in this movie. We probably won't, but <laughs> the film was reportedly being shopped to buyers. Uh, originally, it was reported that it was going to be for Universal, but apparently that was debunked. Uh, Bloody Disgusting has yet to confirm any of this news with official sources, but apparently they've been told this by multiple insiders. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of insiders. Mm. Why, don't we, we, why don't we have any insiders? Because nobody likes us. That's true. <laughs> We take our uh, we take opportunities to insult pretty much everyone. <laughs> we are irreverent. We say it on our website. It's true. <laughs> we also say that there will be dick jokes, <laughs> which there's at least one every episode. Yeah, we already made one this episode. Yep. <laughs> and we still got most of the episode to go. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up for the dicks. <laughs> there's two. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, yeah, Foo Fighters are fun. Um, I love Dave Roll. I think Dave Roll actually, uh, just the other day, um, the Iron Sheik tweeted, if you don't like Dave Grohl, then fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, was it the, I guess in the nineties and, you know, even part of two thousands before the Foo Fighters really started taking themselves seriously. Um, like all their videos are hilarious. Oh yeah, Big Me. Yeah, um, yeah. Learn to fly. Learn to fly. Um, Everlong was. I mean, it was it was funny, but it was fucking weird. Um, that was, was that like Spike Jones or something like that. Probably. Anyway, and Hatchet Three was 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 pretty good. Better than Hatchet Two, in my opinion. Better than Victor Crowley. Actually, I take that back. I think I said that when we reviewed it. This is not as good as the first two, but it's better than three. Anyway, so anyway, um, could be cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they'll fight some foo. I just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed right loud. So the guy who tried to revive the crow for like 20 fucking years <laughs> has, now, felt that way. Uh, has now uh, been tapped to direct Sam Raimi's uh, new production. Uh, it's a haunted house film called Every House is Haunted. Even that one in Boston. That one in Boston must have been haunted. Um, even though they said it wasn't. It's false advertising. Liars. <laughs> Phonies. You're a phony. Uh, yeah, Corn Hardy. Did I, I don't know if I said his name or not. You did. Okay. Well, I think actually, actually, I don't know if you did. <laughs> I know he's the guy that he tried to make, he tried to get a new Crow movie off the ground with Jason Momoa. Yeah. Well, he wasn't even the first one, Jason Cromoa. Cromoa. <laughs> um, he, well, yeah, there was Luke Evans, was rumored at one point. Yeah. And Jack Black. No, God, <laughs> how awful would that be? <laughs> Tom Middleston, I think at one point was really. Yeah, I don't remember that. How was that Jack? Something Jack? Some Mehoff. Anyway, the story tells the tale of an insurance investigator, one trying to debunk claims a haunted house caused a people. Or it caused a couple's death. A people's, a people's death. Uh, 
but a psychic and also mysterious occurrences he witnesses with his own eyes challenge his doubts. Intriguing. Uh, Ian Rogers, or let's see. Oh, okay, so this is based on the short story The House on Ashley Avenue by Ian Rogers. And there's a house on Ashley Avenue yeah, where song. I used to go and talk with you. Yeah, they wrote that song about this, about this story. Yep, even though those aren't the words. <laughs> Jason Pagan, or Pagan? Pagan? Pagan, people against goodness and normalcy. Yeah. Hail, Shaitan! Uh, and Andrew Deutschman. 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 Little, little Dutch boy. <laughs> <laughs> little boy blue. Blow your horn. Uh, they penned the screenplay. <laughs> that sentence went awry. Not Jason Pagano. Oh, that bitch. Jason Pagan. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sam Raimi, his involvement in anything is enough to at least perk your ears up. He wrote the ghost dimension. That's not good. Oh, bother. Are they a team? Andrew Deutschman. Uh, looks like it. Oh no. Uh anyway. Oh, this is coming to Netflix too. I forgot to put that on there. But it is a Netflix original. So there you go. That's the story of a lovely lady. <clears throat> she did have hair of gold. She was bringing up three very lovely girls. So it doesn't sound like this is a ghost house movie. Just Sam Raimi's producing. Okay. But not under his banner. That's weird. Right? Why, why would he do that? I don't know. They didn't want to pay for it? Maybe. Because <laughs> Roy Lee and Vertigo Entertainment are getting the the billing credit. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, does it say anything specifically about Ghost House not being involved? No. Because, you know, you watch movies and there are like 20 fucking title cards before the actual movie starts. Right. With all the different production companies that were involved. So it's impossible to tell. Um, anyway, yeah. But like I said, Sam Raimi is usually enough to kind of get you, get the juices running. Spilled. It's dribbled. <laughs> dribble, dribble like a baby. Um, yeah, drinking problem. <laughs> Uh, Netflix. There you go. Good stuff. Maybe I'll watch it if it's on Netflix. If I got nothing else to do, yeah, I'm running out of stuff to watch. Seriously, the like over the course of a year, I have like I'm getting to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> like I'm about to cycle back to the stuff I started watching at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> Be our guest. Be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup to jewel, hot or d'oeuvre, why we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. So Adam Wingard, whenever he's done making Thundercats, uh, has teased a limited series sequel to his film The Guest. 
he was talking to the Hollywood Reporter, and he said, instead of doing a direct sequel to The Guest, we might do a limited series for it as a sequel. Stop saying sequel. <laughs> uh, but again, it's just not where our heads are at. So they're not doing it? Uh, they might do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, he added, so even though I don't have a guest sequel, Simon and I have talked about it. We don't have necessarily something that we're excited about yet per se, but I've talked to Dan about it recently. I've seen Dan once a week and we just hang out and chill. So we've talked about it a lot, but there's nothing concrete. That's Danny Stevens. Big Dan. Is that the guy that plays the guest? He's he's the death. He's the guest. He's the titular guest. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that we do have a very special guest sequel that I'm working on in an unconventional way. It has to do with the music from the guest. Oh, no. So there's going to be a big guest thing coming up really soon that I think is going to thrill people. Guest, guest, guest. So much guest. Christopher Guest. Oh, yeah. He's in it. He's is the he? guest. <laughs> Get it? Uh, no. <laughs> he says, the guest was a slow burn cult classic. It's a movie that was pretty cult classic. You can't, I feel like even if it is, you can't call your own movie a cult classic. Um, it just makes you sound pretentious. Yeah. You should let somebody else say it. Yeah. And then you go, I don't know. Is it? I mean, I guess. If you say so, you're the expert. And, you know, was it? No. I kind of forgot like it my was. Gut, a, my gut says no. I forgot it was a thing until we started talking about it. Right like, now. I liked it. It was good. It's I've, fine. I've watched it once and I don't think I hear a lot of people talking about it no. ever. That's what I'm saying. Like, or that's what I've been thinking since we've been talking about this. It's like, were people really clamoring for a sequel to this? Has like, have people come up to him and say, hey, man, when are we getting that guest sequel? Uh, maybe. I doubt it. If it was me, I'd be like, when are we getting that fucking your next sequel? I'm saying. Uh, Slow Burn, Cold Classic. It is a movie that was pretty largely unknown when it came out. It did well critically, but it didn't really pick up until last year. During the pandemic, when it was re-released on Netflix, it really made a big splash with audiences, finally. People finally started seeing it, and it was the number one movie on Netflix for a little bit. Was it? Sure. I don't remember ever seeing it like in the charts. But, I don't know. What Netflix do know? is very protective of their ratings. Yeah. And their viewership. That's why, like, network TV has always complained about Netflix, you know, and their TV show, or their, their series. It's like, oh, it's like the number one series in America or whatever. And all the other network t- uh, network channels are like, well, says who? Yeah. <laughs> Of course, they're all measuring off the Nielsen ratings, which I think are like entirely inaccurate. Oh, yeah, big time. Big time, big time. Slap it to base. Slap it to base. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I liked the guest. I was not clamoring for a sequel, and I'm not really that interested in hearing about one, but um, I don't know. I mean, if it's there and I have time, sh- sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> So Resident Evil is really kind of coming back, like in a big way, I think. I mean, they've got a new game coming out, The Village, which a lot of people are 
you know, been talking about for months now. Yeah. Um, and you know, they've got, uh, a Netflix series coming out and also the, um, the film series is being not, well, it's a different film series. Yeah. It's supposed to be a little more in tune with the games themselves. Uh, and I believe that's what we're talking about here, right? Correct, sir. Uh, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, the synopsis has been released. <clears throat> uh, it is as follows. Returning to the terrifying roots of the massively popular franchise, fan and filmmaker Johannes Ro- Roberts, uh, or I never know if it's Johannes or Johan. I don't even know. Uh, the games of the billion-dollar franchise and the most successful video game adaptation in history to life for a whole new generation of fans. Once the booming home of pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland with a great evil brewing below the surface. When that evil is unleashed, the townspeople are forever changed. And a small people or small group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. Sounds like Seattle if Amazon pulls the plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Uh, the cast uh, includes Kaya Solidario uh, from Crawl, starring as Claire Redfield, alongside Hannah John Common uh, from Ant Man and the Wasp as Jill Valentine. Is that who I think it is? I don't know. Who do you think it is? Um, fuck, I forget her name or the character's name. Oh, is she ghost? I think she's, she was ghost. She's playing Jill Valentine. Okay. Um, Robbie Amell, uh, who stars currently starting an upload as Chris Redfield. Uh, Tom Hopper also, also played Scooby on How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> right. <laughs> cousins of Stephen Amell. Oh, they're not brothers? Not cousins. I thought they were brothers. Nope. They look exactly a fucking They like. do look a lot alike. Stephen Amell's got a new show all about wrestling coming out. Does he? Yeah, it's called Heels. I feel like I've heard about that. Anyway, Cody's in it, of course. Naturally. Um, It's weird. I mean, I don't want to go off on a, on a tangent here, but like, you know, Arrow ended and they, they, Arrow ended in like a big crossover between all the CW shows or the superhero shows. And like ever since Arrow ended and his character died, spoiler alert, um, they've like, it's, it's like, it's not part of the story anymore. He's just like gone. People don't talk about him. The whole element that was such a big part of the sh- like all the other shows is just not there anymore it, it's weird <clears throat> hmm. hmm indeed uh tom hopper from the umbrella academy as albert wesker is that uh the the big guy yeah the big gorilla guy i can see that uh avin jogia yogia i don't know joja sure from Zombieland Double Tap, uh, starring as Leon S. Kennedy, and Neil McDonough as William Birkin. Birkin, Birkin. I can't place that. Can you place American? 
on my dick <laughs> or above it <laughs> slightly north of it <laughs> uh well, I think Merkins are more for women. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I can't see a lot of point to a man wearing a Merkin. <laughs> uh, additionally, Donald Logue. Love Donald Logue. Uh, from of S- Grounded for Life fame. Right. And he, Blade. Uh, he, he will always be the dad from Grounded for Life. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Donald Logue from Silent Night. And Gotham and you know all the other things we've mentioned. He's playing Chief Irons in the origin or the origin story adaptation of the games that's set in Raccoon City in 1998. Uh, with this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when first playing them, whilst at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences said Roberts in a statement shared by Deadline. Uh, the movie will be released theatrically and is said to kick off a new universe of inspired, inspired by storylines and characters from Capcom's classic Resident Evil games. So I, I don't know if this is necessarily uh, tied to what Netflix is planning. I don't think so. But, I mean, it, they're definitely going to sp- spur each other, I think. Um. Because, you know, marketing from one angle is always good for another. Just like uh, like comic books. When Oh, the one on Netflix is an anime series? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know they made a movie years ago that was anime. I assume the new one was going to be. Oh, yeah, apparently it is. Well, there you go. There I go again on my own. Yep. Um, like that song. Yeah, from um, Great White. Oh. What? Freebird. <laughs> yeah. Freebird by Great White. That's how it goes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I think the movie or the Netflix show and the game and, you know, whatever they're working on here will all correlate and work together to support each other. Just like um like Marvel did when they started putting out uh, the you know the Marvel Universe movies. You know, cartoons, comic cartoons and comic book sales went up. Um there's all uh vertical integration. Vertical integration, there you go. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I I love Resident Evil. I mean, I've said this several times over the course of the show. Um, I just started playing part seven. How's, how's that going? Uh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. It's not an easy game. No, it's not. You like, even on the, on the easy set. Yeah, I'm on easy mode. Cause I'm not, I'm not a gamer. Yeah. So I put it on the easiest mode and, um, yeah, I'm at this part where you're supposed to like hide from this old woman but it's like pitch black everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she's just like, ah! it's like five nights, five nights at Freddy's. It's, it's like that, but worse. <laughs> um, yeah. The thing about part seven was that it, it, it was so drastically different from all the other games. Yeah. Um, you know, the other games were always uh, in third person, sorry, first person. 
And part seven was in third person. And, you know, like, sorry, I have flipped around. All the other games were in third person. These, this one's in first person. And I've always been shit at first person shooter games. Um, and, you know, it, it was always helpful, you know, especially if you had like zombies creeping up on you to have that kind of over the shoulder view mm-hmm. because you could see at least partially behind you. Um, but this game, and it looks like Village is going to be the same way. Um, it's just no help. Do you see there's some like Olympian? I don't know if she's a basketball player or what, but um, she's six foot nine and she like did cosplay as the the madam from Village. Really? And she fucking nailed it. She had the big giant boobies. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's her name? Do you remember? The character? I think it's just. Oh, wait. Um, no. Shit. What is it? Dimitrescu Dimit- or something like that? Hey, I'm not going to try and type that out. Um, oh, yeah. You're right. Dimit- Dimitrescu. Uh, Ye- oh, Yekaterina Lissina. It's a bronze medal winning Olympic athlete turned model. Nice. Yeah, I think Lady Dimitrescu is uh, something like like eight feet tall or something like that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what she meddled in. Not that that matters, but just being tall. Yeah, just height. <laughs> like, uh, like getting man, women's like- sports are really lazy. <laughs> Like uh, getting some, uh, something off the top shelf. <laughs> Resident Evil. Get it. If you pre-order Village on Stadia, you get a free Stadia. It's just a controller. It's a controller and a Chromecast. So it's, you get a Chromecast. Yeah. Okay. Chromecast Ultra. Oh. It's 4K. You know, I have my PlayStation 5, and I just because it plays PlayStation 4 games, I don't really have a lot of use for my PlayStation 4 anymore. So I was going to ask you if you wanted it, but then I found out I could probably get like 100 bucks for it, so I'm not going to give it to you anymore. That's okay. I probably wouldn't really want it anyways. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> well, problem solved. I wouldn't have given you the games, was the thing. <laughs> you would have sold me the games? No, I would have kept them, because <laughs> I still need them to play them. I just can't. I just don't need the PlayStation Four to play them anymore. Yeah, no, I'm good. That's fine. I wasn't going to give it to you. Okay, good. I don't Unless want, you want it. it for hundred bucks. No, I don't want it. All right, so speaking of zombies, we know what what does everybody want? Fucking more Walking Dead. No. N- no. No. Well, good news, Tony. There's not one but two new Walking Dead spinoffs coming at your face. For fuck's sake. 
the first one is a tie-in with the current season of Fear the Walking Dead, which is season six for those keeping track at home. Nobody's keeping track. It's called Dead in the Water. It is a scripted series tying into season six of Fear the Walking Dead and telling the story of a submarine crew fighting for survival. Oh, God. Cut off from the surface world just as the apocalypse hits, the submarine becomes a nuclear-fueled, walker-filled death trap with no way out. This is like bottom of the barrel, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Wait till you hear the second part. Uh, this is going to be a digital series. I don't. I don't know where this is going to be available. I assume probably on AMC's app or something. Likely, <clears throat> likely. Uh, also coming from AMC and Complex Networks is a show being described as a combination of The Walking Dead and First We Feast. It is a uh, cooking show called Run the Dish. It will feature apocalypse themed food. What does that even mean? It's you like cans eat, of beans. You eat like a fucking rat you cooked over an open fire. Um, yeah, and just like beans. <laughs> just, just yeah, old just dented cans of beans. Hot meat. dogs and beans. Yeah. Pork, pork and beans. Keep pulling your teeth out. You're not going to eat this hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, beans. Hobos always have beans. Uh, the series will feature TWDU, which apparently is an acronym we're using now. No. Uh, talent, as well as celebrity chefs. Is this all they have? Is this? Oh, no. They have plenty more, I, I assure you. I mean, no. Like, AMC as a company. Oh. Is this all they have? Can they just rename TWD? <laughs> what? Like, AMC just renamed to TWD. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just be all Walking Dead. Yeah, it's, it's like... Uh... You know, when you, when you think about all the, like, cable channels nowadays, like, you know, True TV, which I think their number one show is Impractical Jokers. Oh, I love Impractical Jokers. True TV used to be Court TV, which you should just air court proceedings. Yeah, they also show uh, NCAA tournament games. <sighs> okay. <laughs> uh, also, I think it's pronounced Trutby. Trutby? <laughs> uh, um... Bravo used to show operas. Um, TLC used to uh, like, like it would like, like they would show you like uh, surgical proceedings or, or procedures. It's like this is the kind of shit that has changed our lives forever, <laughs> and not for the better. Right? It's like like uh, TLC. I mean, TLC used to stand for the Learning Channel. Now TLC just means TLC. No, it was T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili. I hate you so much. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, here's these big fucking fatzos. Watch their, how difficult their lives are. <laughs> That's what TLC is now. My 9,000-pound fiancé. <laughs> like, A&E... They used to show like biographies and like things about authors and stuff like that. I don't even know what they show anymore, but it's nothing like that. Where? A&E? A&E. Oh, I don't know. They were in negotiations with the WWE at one point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> yeah, things have gone awry. 
I think it's just as like the average intelligence of the the typical TV viewer has gone down. Well, and TV didn't used to be 24 hours a day. I mean, in the times you're talking about it was, but I mean, like a long time ago, there was a broadcast day, and at the end of the day, they just went off the air. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that was back when you only had network TV. Yeah. And they had cable. And I think what what may have like started, no. Is it because, you know, the reason that news has become such garbage is because now you're on a 24-hour news cycle because they have, I mean, it started with the news channels. Yeah. Like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. Those are 24-hour news cycles. Whereas, you know, you used to have newspapers that would come out once, maybe twice a day. Um, and now you've got to constantly reporting on something, even if it's total dog shit. Yeah. And You'll, they'll report on tweets. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think just it, it, it's all connected. I mean, like garbage news, garbage TV. It's just garbage people. It's like you said, you know, people need just 24 hour entertainment um, because it's easily accessible. You know, cable used to be uh, for people that could afford it. And now I'm just kind of, well, that's not even true because cable is probably less affordable than it ever was now, but people can get everything that they want to see online yeah, and watch it on demand. So you just, you got to have product, I guess, for the binge watchers. Yep. It's digging into society, man. I hope Gordon Ramsay's on the show. <laughs> Uh, I would say he wouldn't like embarrass himself with this, but he probably would. This is fucking rotten. Yeah, uh, it's an apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's definitely a hair guy. Okay, <laughs> well that's horror business, guys. We got there. Yep, took us a while, but we did it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, right in an hour too. Hey, look at us. We are something special. All right, guys. Well, we made chicken salad out of chicken shit on that one. Fucking A. And then we served it on Run the Dish. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we don't get the credit we deserve for turning garbage like these stories into something worth talking about. Sorry, we're a cult classic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So where we go from here is film reviews. All right, guys. So we've got two movies to talk about. Two movies that have nothing to do with each other. Not a thing. Like, not even tangentially. You say tangentially? Tangentially. Isn't that right? Tangentially. It sounded like you you were just trying to throw the word genital in it. So I can talk about my dick. Anyway, two movies, guys. Uh, one is uh, man, my fucking memory is shit today. Wrong Turn, the remake, uh, and also the new film from uh, Steve Kostansky. Costanza <laughs> can't stand you. Uh, Psycho Gorman. Uh, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? 
Uh, let's start with Wrong Turn. Do you know what we wouldn't have found if we would have stayed on the trail? The waterfall, the cliff. What is that? People know but don't talk about. Except in whispers, like a ghost story. Sweet land of liberty. We don't bother them. And they don't bother us. But anyone who goes up there. What is this place? They don't come back. It's happened before. Descendants of these people are still living up there on the mountain? be the foundation on which a new nation would be built. From every mountain, so Wrong Turn, a remake of the 2003 film, uh, pretty much in name only. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, the... I mean, jump to kind of skip into the end here, but I feel like this is one of those situations where they had like a spec script and they were like, you know, if we call this wrong turn, more people will see it. It kind of seems that way. Also, I mean, there's... There's definitely a couple little nods. Well, yeah, especially there's like a little little wink at the end. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know why I actually winked at you. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are greater s- plot lines in the movie that are similar. Similar. But yes. All in but all. But also very different. Yeah. It's kind of like saying like, you know, Coke and Pepsi are similar, but they're very clearly different. Yeah. They're similar in that they are cola. Yeah. But they are different. <laughs> So in this one, a, a group of friends from New Jersey, New Jersey, uh, Jen, her boyfriend, Darius, a uh, couple, Adam and Mila, and a couple, Gary and Luis, they're uh, going to, t- to hike the Appalachian Trail in Virginia, the famed Appalachian Trail. You know, as you do when you're suburbanites. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, They so they on their way, they stop at... 
uh, a bar or for the you know they'd go to a little inn to check in to sleep for the night and you know the she the jen tells the woman at the counter that we're there we're gonna hike the appalachian trail and the woman tells her whatever you do just don't go off the trail which you know of course now you know they're gonna go off the fucking trail yeah i mean this is one of those movies where you know where it's going yeah there aren't a lot of surprises and not just because it's a remake. Right. Um, that night they go to a bar and they run into this guy. Uh, Adam is just, he's a, being a drunk asshole. And he's just like, you know, fucking hillbilly folk. It's like his lot in life. Yeah. And this guy, like this guy comes over and he's he's being very gruff, but he's saying very nice things. <laughs> he's just like, you know, if you guys need any help or if you get lost or something, just let me know. We'll be more than happy to come help you. And then Adam's just like, you know, yeah, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> and the guy's just like, you know what? Fine, I'll fucking cut your tongue out. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's you know basically tells them the same thing that if you're going on the on the Appalachian Trail, make sure you stay on the trail, don't get lost. Uh, stay off the moors. Stay off the moors too. Yeah, <sighs> of course. So they go hiking, and naturally, what do they do, Tony? They go on the moors. They go on the moors. <laughs> Um, Darius is like, hey, there's like an old Confederate base or something around here. Was that what he was looking for? Yeah. Okay. Because I know they eventually wind up there, but I couldn't figure out why they went off the trail in the first place. Yeah, he said they were looking for like an old Confederate base that was supposed to be super cool. And uh, Jen says, they, the woman said not to go off the trail. And he's like, we've gone off the trail twice already. <laughs> <laughs> why are you just now being concerned? But so they go off the trail, they get lost, they take a wrong turn. Ah, there it is. Uh, this tree falls or something, but a giant log comes rolling down the hill. And instead of running from side to side to get out of the way, they just start running down the hill. As you do. <laughs> Never understood that. I mean, I guess, you know, fight or flight kind of kicks in and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to run away from it. But if you just run to the side and then let it go by. If they were lumberjacks, they could have jumped on top of it and just rode just it down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do when you're a lumberjack. Yep. You also wear high heels. <laughs> Suspenders and a bra. Uh, they find, they, I guess, no, this is after that, right? They camp for the night. Because they, you know, don't they can't figure out how to get off this mountain, so they they're seeing spoopy figures in the woods. Yeah, mostly Jen. I think just Jen is seeing yes. seeing the spoopies. Um, <laughs> That's what they're called, the spoopies. But so they decide to, to camp for the night. They wake up and realize they camped in a in a graveyard. That's fun. And they find a plaque uh, for this group. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um, they find this plaque for this group called the Foundation who apparently like back even before the civil war agreed they were going to go stake it stake it out on their own and just you know get away from the corporate life and <laughs> before the civil war yeah just maintain what they believe the values of America were right. before basically the apocalypse <laughs> yeah so and uh we I guess you don't find out at this point, but it, you know you come to find out that their their descendants are still out there, still living this life. 
And so that's that's who the antagonist is in this one. Instead of being you know these uh, inbred cannibals, which I think they would they would still be inbred, wouldn't they? <laughs> You'd think, right? I, I don't think they're because at one point the woman says, you know, she's talking about she's they don't bother us, we don't bother them. So I'm assuming they're not coming into town. Yeah. Even though they all have very nice haircuts, raping the horses, riding off the women. They all have very nice haircuts and finely manicured beards. Yeah, what? Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, the, the the leader, Venable. Uh, Venable. Yeah, he's very well quaffed for somebody who lives in the woods. Yeah, and a couple guys have like you know like tailored mustaches and goatees and stuff. Yeah, and I'm just like where are these guys getting their mustaches done if they're not going into town? I mean, there was that one girl what was her name edith is that her she was the one that was oh yeah she went into town she was selling the bracelets yeah trinkets like, yeah like a gypsy <laughs> um boy i don't know how much i can give away here i, I mean what else is there some people get killed some people get kidnapped yeah i mean this kind of movie matthew modine comes in Finds him. Yeah, he's. I don't know. Can you qualify him as the hero? He's a hero, I guess. Sort of. Yeah, he's Jen's dad. Um, and uh, is is very similar to House of a Thousand Corpses, where he's like, I haven't heard from my daughter in a while. Yeah, I better go out on my own and look for her. Um. But uh, yeah. Um. Uh, you know, going back and talking about it, it's it's like a two, it's a two hour movie. Yeah, it's fucking long. Um, the end just never seemed to come. Yeah, there's like, so many parts where I was like, oh, okay, now it's over, and then it just kept going. I'm like, well, why do we we don't need this? Yeah, I kept waiting for some like big surprise stinger, and the movie would just cut to black. But then like things would happen, and it would just keep going. It's like I thought for sure that would be the end, right? Um. But yeah, you mean, like I said, it's a two-hour movie, and you kind of assume that it's just like jam-packed with stuff, but going back and talking about it, it's really not. There's not a lot to it. Not like, not really. I mean, they're, they're in the woods. It is never jangling, though. It does never jangle. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the description in, in Amazon was not lying. <laughs> or was it? I don't know what jangling means. <laughs> <laughs> it so, might have jangled like crazy. Yeah, guys. Know. Like, uh, here I still got the picture. Um, I looked it up on Google Play, so it had the same description. Did it really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. The description on Amazon Prime is backwoods terror and never jangling suspense. Meet with a group of friends hiking in the Appalachian Trail. Come face to face with a dot dot dot. Um, it's. I have no idea what j- non jang or not jangling. Or never jangling meant. This this is jangling this is, to me. Yeah, jangling. Jangling keys. Yeah. Jingle, jangle, jingle. Yeah, jangling jangling balls or something. I don't know. And I got spurs. That jingle, jangle, jingle. Yeah. Like a song. This isn't even keys. This is just a keychain. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this is out of here. I don't need this. Uh, anyway. Uh, yes, not once was I jangled. So. Were your jimmies rustled? <laughs> Although, I don't know, like on like the third ending, 
Uh, I was a little jangled, so maybe not entirely accurate. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, pretty different from from the original. Like I said, instead of having these inbred uh, hill folk, you just have the, these uh, this foundation who they're basically a society. You know, they have homes and and they all kind of do their work the guy goes on a big speech about how you know we are one entity we are one living organism and we all do our part and i'm like that sounds like socialism (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you saying like oh yeah we we live here we everybody works everybody does their part um you know we all live in this this harmonious society and it's just like oh that doesn't sound too bad (laughs) Uh, I mean, aside from the, you know, killing the outsiders aspect. Um, there's a couple good spots with uh, some some decent uh, blood and guts. Or, yeah. You know, gore. Pretty good gore effects at multiple times. Like, uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a spoiler to say when that log is rolling down the hill, one of their crew gets scorched. Yeah, gets his face smashed against the tree. Yeah. And, uh, See somebody else get their head caved in with a branch. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Somebody falls into a, a punji pit. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's some good stuff like that. Um, story-wise, wasn't bad, no. I guess. Like, the movie itself, I think, was, was pretty decent. I just, it's just not a wrong turn. It's... Like you could have just called this the foundation or something, and sure. But like I said, I know that they wanted to put wrong turn on it so that more people would would see it. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I think all in all, the movie was kind of uh, just unspectacular. I mean, like there was n- not really a whole lot of note about it. Um, it's pretty tropey. Yeah. Like a lot of the, the, like there's specific scenes where you're just like, that's kind of cornball. <laughs> yeah. And there weren't a lot of surprises. I mean, you know, it, it, I, I'd be lying if you could say you could just predict every second of the movie. But, you know, there are certain story elements and like certain plot points where you know where it's going. Um, And then, you know, it's like, Sometimes you do that in a movie to progress to the next surprise, but when you've got just like pre- predictable plot point after predictable plot point. Um, yeah, not a lot of twists and turns. Yeah. Um, Why does this say runtime 109 minutes? It's longer than that. <clears throat> I don't know where they got that. Yeah, no, it's it's two hours. Unless, like, talking about, like, unless we watch, like, some extended version or something. I don't know. Now with three more endings. You know what's weird is this is one of those movies that, uh, like, stuff is going on during the end credits. Mm -hmm. So so you have to keep watching. And it goes on until the end of the credits. But I went, like, I fast-forwarded to see if there was some stinger afterwards. Yeah, they just showed the last shot again without the credits. Yeah. Like, I... (laughs) <laughs> like I kept waiting for something different to happen. Yeah, I watched the whole damn thing yeah. waiting to see if something was different. 
I wasn't sure if it did that on Google too, or if it like I thought maybe it was like some kind of like fluke or or, or what. But um, it's not like the credits were distracting; you couldn't tell what was going on screen or something. Yeah, that was super weird. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is one of those movies where it's like you, you kind of hope there is going to be some kind of suspense. And honestly, there wasn't really a whole lot of suspense because a lot of it was predictable. Um, I don't know. To say the stakes weren't high isn't accurate. I just didn't feel... I didn't feel the stakes being high, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because there's, like there's a whole scene where they like go to court. Um, the foundation has like their oh, own little yeah. court system and it's, it's much less thrilling than just like them being, you know, chased up a tree by a guy with a giant head who <laughs> chops Sloan's head in half with an ax. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, gotta adjust myself here. Ugh, I'm ever like, you know what horror needs more of courtroom drama. Right. Yeah. You know, it was weird that the society, they were based off of foundation. Sorry, yes, foundation, uh, which is a society. Okay, okay. <laughs> I guess that's where I was going with it. Um, the foundation, you know, they were American citizens. It's not like they were some like ancient tribe that. I think I know where you're going with this, and I'm just all of a sudden just like, yeah. If I'm thinking of what you're thinking, I'm not sure. No, it was going to be why do they have Eastern European accents? Yes. <laughs> And they seem like uh, Venable, the the leader, he had like, yeah, some kind of Scandinavian accent. It seemed like some people had American accents, um, but most of them, yeah. And were they, was that just like their own language they were speaking? I have no idea. Sometimes it sounded like Spanish. Sometimes it sounded Russian. Sometimes it sounded like some kind of Scandinavian language um, or, or, you know, Nordic, Nordic language. Um and yeah, like Venable and I forgot her name again. Edith. Edith, thank you. They both had accents. Um, I don't. Did they ever say the, the the tall black guy? Did they ever say his name? I don't know. Morgan. I don't know. Anyway, but that you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He seemed to have like an American accent. Yeah. Um. But yeah, these are all people that were descendants of American citizens. So unless their language somehow changed from the English that they would have spoken in the mid-19th century, um, or, you know, like they would have developed some kind of different accent, um, which I, I, I guess is po- possible after you know, almost 200 years, but yeah, I was wondering if they had invented their own language and it, that's possible, but they didn't really delve into it. No. And so the other thing was, uh, their, uh, hunting gear. They, they, as they called it, you know, they're wearing like animal skulls and skins. Yeah. Look very Scandinavian and like pagan. Yeah. Um, it's so like gilly suits. Yeah. So, like, I actually did 
try to do some research and figure out if there was a large Scandinavian population in Virginia or the app, you know, or in Appalachia. Uh, and I couldn't find anything. Hmm. Um, so I don't know where that came from, but I was very confused by it. Yeah. That, that was an, an interesting decision. Yeah. These people who have lived in the mountains of Virginia all their lives have, yeah, have accents. It's, I mean, Over time, language evolves. I mean, like, at, you know, the, the, the English we speak now is different than the English that Americans spoke 200 years ago. Uh, you know, we have an American accent, whereas... We use words like YOLO. We, nobody, we don't, <laughs> no, we don't use those words. But, you know, at one point, uh, you know, our, our ancestors... Or I, I guess you know the the, the colonists that, that settled America from from Europe and you know and uh, England had accents and just over time because America is like this you know is a melting pot we kind of developed our own American accent of mostly the English language so I mean I guess it's possible that over time something could have you know English language could evolve in a contained society like that. But for it to, to evolve into something that sounds like it's Scandinavian yeah. <laughs> is very strange. So, yeah, I don't know what that was about. I kind of expected to find out they were some kind of, like, immigrants that just settled and then disappeared into the woods. But if that was the case, they never said it. Yeah. Also, they made their own weapons. Like, they had, like knives made out of stones and uh axes and stuff but they don't really use them like they, they throw the knives yeah there's one guy in particular who seems very efficient at throwing these handmade knives yeah and also it's like bullseye or something yeah i don't like to nitpick yes you do it's true i do but i mean like you're just like there's a knit i'm gonna pick it <laughs> come here let me get that knit let me get that knit. <laughs> White boy. <laughs> but let me get that pineapple fried rice knit. <laughs> it, you know, I think in the original uh, wrong turn, I can't remember the the, the freak who, you, who had the bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. I can't remember his name. But his arrows were already, were always pretty straight and i don't recall if they were handmade arrows or if he was using like clearly like you know manufactured manufactured ones um you know being the the type of freaks they were where they would capture people and steal their possessions it could have been sure something manufactured i just i don't remember it's been a while since i've seen it and this they were clearly handmade yeah <clears throat> and i had the same problem with that that i had with like predator <laughs> where these air like if you want an arrow to shoot straight and I, i'm not in a an archery expert but i did archer arch <laughs> <laughs> i did do a quite a bit of archery in school and uh i got on this kick where i wanted to make bows for a while so i did quite a bit of reading about it and i know that and just 
basic principles of aerodynamics. If you want something to sail through the air straight, it, in fact, has to be straight. And these arrows were, like, curved and, like, jagged. <laughs> and it's like, that would never... Sh and, like, they were shooting these with, like, deadly precision. Oh, yeah. Hawkeye, like... It's like, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> also, people... Like, movies never make a big enough deal about pulling out arrows with arrowheads. Because arrowheads, they go like this, and then they come to a point. Yeah. They, the points go back. So pulling it out is probably going to be a lot worse than going in. Yeah. Unless, like, you manage to pull it out exactly the same way it came in, or went in. Yeah. But no, is, usually they just grab it and just yank. And then Matthew Modine's just like, hey, ouch. Stop. You shot me. That hurt a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, there were some things I wanted to get into that are closer to the end, so it's kind of a spoiler, so I'll, I'll leave it alone. But, mm. um, I don't know. I mean, the whole group of friends, they were kind of, except for Jen, of course, who was like the final girl of sorts. All the other characters were kind of throwaway. Like, you easily forgot their names. We never really got a good feel for any of them. Like, everything started happening so fast. Yeah. Um, but, oh, actually, you know, something I wanted to mention is I was probably about a quarter, maybe halfway into the movie. And I'm just thinking, you know, this movie probably came about because somebody was like, you know what would have made Wrong Turn better is if Michael Bay produced it. <laughs> Or you know if plat if this was a platinum dunes movie, because that that that's really how it felt, like it had like that kind of greenish dark filter over it, um, and uh, you know the like had the thing that they they really like to do in like Texas Chainsaw and Friday the Thirteenth where you've got like these backwoods people that are like they're protecting the secret that they don't like to talk about. Well, like that's the thing is in this one, the, the like Jen and her friends are kind of the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, <clears throat> by accident, I guess, but like, I mean, kind of a spoiler, but they started it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I get it, but there's just, there's just this ambiguity to like, who is the good guy and who is the bad guy in this one? Yeah. Everyone's just kind of defending themselves. Yeah. And it's just, you know, a matter of who who was the most wrong, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I don't I, I can't I can't really get into it without spoilers, but it's really hard to tell who was who was in the wrong first, I guess. It it was really just a lot of uh just it was just misunderstanding. Big, yeah, it was just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> But you know how this whole thing could have been avoided? Staying on the fucking trail. Staying on the fucking trail. Or just like not hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Who does that? Unless you're like professional hikers. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, okay, you live in New Jersey. I I was in New Jersey for about half a day, but I'm sure there are uh, hills that you can climb. Yeah. You know, make it a day trip. Don't, not drive to fucking Virginia and hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> And why is the black guy so interested in Confederate bases? Yeah, right? <laughs> and then Adam, the white guy, is just like, 
oh, home of the Confederation, fuck the Confederation. Yeah. And he's like real, like it's like, like I just keep, kept expecting Darius to be like, I get it, man. Yeah, it's like okay, white guy, calm down. It's like you don't need to put on this whole show for <laughs> me. Like it's fine. Um. Yeah, I I didn't understand that about about Darius. Is like he was so uh, fascinated by the Civil War, and you know, to an extent, I can understand why a black person would have some interest in the history behind the Civil War. But like he, like you said, you know, he was so uh, adamant about finding this secret Confederate site. Yeah. It's like why? Like, well, like it, at no point did they really present him as like a history buff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, they didn't really present him as anything. We don't get a good feel for these characters. We know nothing about them. Yeah, like every, everybody's lot in life, like their careers and you know what they do, you know, professionally, uh, was all explained in about fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. and that was all we got. And it was just explained by them explaining it to someone yeah and actually it was just jen saying like hey <laughs> this is what everyone does for a living yeah like her friend mila who mila. was it mila yeah uh yeah mila she was um uh, uh, she said her specialty and i can't remember what it was but you know she's a doctor yeah it's like okay cool you got a doctor on the crew and, and then, like adam he, works for a non-profit and again he just it was funny because they uh you know, he's talking to Jen and he says, you know, I just, I work at a nonprofit cause I just want everyone to be valued for their work and not for how much money they have. And I'm just like, that sounds like socialism, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like the exact, the exact thing that the foundation was. Yeah. And he, that's what he wanted. Foreshadowing. Yep. So there you go. And yeah, when they find the foundation plaque, it's like, you know, preserving the American way of life or whatever. And Adam's like, long live slavery. <laughs> he didn't sound like Keanu Reeves. I don't know why that came out. But <laughs> I don't know. Like Adam, he was just like supposed to be a dick, I guess. Like that was like the character. It just kind of seemed that since like he was the the one straight white guy that he was like, you know, the the most vocal about all these atrocities. Yeah. It's like, okay, dude, do we get it? You're you're part of the gang. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we believe you that you're you're not pro racism. Right. (laughs) It's like you almost expect like when they cross the line says, you know, welcome to Virginia, and he's just like, someday you guys will be able to get married here to to (laughs) Louise and, and what was his name? Gary? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he just seemed a little little try hard. Yeah. But again, yeah, like all these characters are so thin and we we really get no backstory other than Jen saying, here's what everyone does for a living. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, thanks. Now we know when Mila is, you know, stitching people up in the woods, it's because she's a doctor. Right. Yeah. And that yeah, that was Thank God we had that exposition. Right. Um it's always Darius. Like she keeps having to fix Darius because he just keeps fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. Yeah. O- overall, I mean, I thought it was it was decent. I liked it. I didn't love it. Um. But yeah, as far as a wrong turn, if you're if you're looking for a just you know modern take on the wrong turn movie, I don't think this is it. It's. Yeah, it's in the similar vein, but you know, in a way, Friday the Thirteenth is in a similar vein because they take place in the woods. Like, 
Yeah. How many slasher movies take place in the woods? All of them. Mo- most of them. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, not judging it by that. It's it's good. It's not great. Like you said, good gore effects at times, but for being two hours long, the story is really kind of paper thin. Yeah, I feel like they all all the the false endings they could have cut pretty much all those out. There's there was at least three times where I was just I was certain it was over, and I was just like, why is this still going? Yeah. That should have been the end. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, you honestly, I think if you would have picked like the what I feel like was the natural ending. You know, kind of a cliffhanger, but kind of like, oh man, I can't believe it ended that way. You probably could have shaved uh, 20, 30 minutes off of it. Yeah. And just ending it there. But no, you just had to keep going. <laughs> you just had to pick at it. Had to pick that knit. <laughs> pick that knit. Uh, anyway, uh, anything else to say about this? No. All right. No way to go first. No. Okay. I'll give it a six. All right. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think six is fair. It's. It's not a bad movie. It's just not all that st- stupendous. It doesn't. It just. Really, it doesn't really stand out. That's, a, that's above exactly the crowd. Like the song, yeah. Um, you know, I I changed my ringtone to eye to eye, and I was a little worried I was gonna get sick of it. No, <laughs> like it'll play, and like it, you know. First off, I have to remind myself answer the phone. Um, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go listen to eye to eye now. <laughs> like when Turk changes ringtone to bye bye bye. <laughs> they have the whole dance party in the lobby. Uh, yeah, it, it's it doesn't really stand out all that much. Um. I don't really see myself having a strong desire to watch it again. Yeah. It's fine. But it's fine. Yeah. It's good for a watch, but maybe not a rewatch. And just, you know, stop it about half hour early. There you go. You'll know when. Yeah. <laughs> You'll when, when you think it's the ending, just turn it off. <laughs> just stop. Because that's probably where it should have stopped. <clears throat> All right. Moving on. Uh. Like I said earlier, this is the new film from the director of The Void and also Manborg. Manborg. Two drastically different (laughs) films. Uh, This is more in the vein of Manborg, but uh, much more uh, mature and advanced, I think. Um, Anyway, Psycho Goreman. Many moons ago, a nameless evil was imprisoned in a place far beyond reach. Hurry up! If he were ever to be released, it would spell certain doom for all existence. Is that fear I smell? Your planet will be torn to pieces, and I will treat your angry screams as I... Is this yours? Oh... Oh, my God. The gem of Paraxodyke. Whoever wields it is able to command me. Go over there. Uh, And wait for us to come back in the morning. You will suffer an eternity for this. Bye. 
Mom, Dad, I want you to meet Psycho Gorman, or PG for short. I will bathe in your blood. Don't worry. Be worried. Slow down! He's gonna kill everybody, not unless I tell him to. What did you three maniacs get up to? Um, this is getting a little weird. This sick game must come to an end. She will enslave the galaxy into endless servitude. Kill him! Cool. Ultimate evil has awoken. There's a new god in town, and his name? Psycho Gorman. It was nice meeting you. It would be nicer if you were dead. Alright, bye. Or Gorman, if you're, if you're nasty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Psycho Gorman, uh, brought to you by Stephen Kostansky. Like I said, director of The Void, um, which was I, be- I believe we both liked that. Yeah, I think we both thought it was a little little busy, but overall overall pretty good. Yeah, very um, Stuart Gordon, you know, Lovecraft esque. Also, like a little ver- bit of Hellraiser. Hellraiser, too, yeah. Very much so. Um, anyway, so, yes. Guys, I've been waiting a while to watch this. I'm, I'm just going to go out and say it now. This movie's fucking bonkers. It is so weird. <laughs> um, and, like, so I, I stream on Twitch. I, I, I do art streams. And just, you know, being that I am an artist who streams on Twitch, I've kind of gotten in with this kind of artist community on there. He also shows his feet on OnlyFans. I, I do do that, but um, that's another conversation. Uh, <laughs> there's one guy I watch and like in, in his chat in, in on a stream and stuff, we're just constantly talking about Psycho Gorman. What a, what a great and profound movie it is. <laughs> um, and so just, and this has been going on for months and like I put it on the schedule and I put it in like the first available slot. It just happened to be like two months in advance. So like I've been wanting to watch this for so long. Like, I could have watched it and just watched it again, but I wanted that that fresh feeling, you yeah. Know? Um with fresh eyes. That's a song. That's all I know. <laughs> Not like Santa Monica. <laughs> Might be the same song. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so Psycho Gorman, uh, it centers around siblings uh, Mimi, M- Mimi, and Luke. Um, they uh, are two very different kids. Uh, Mimi is a, a loudmouth extrovert. Yeah, very type A, um, and or is that type B? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, she's very loud, very outgoing is not the right word, but just boisterous. Yeah, and she's she's gotta like lead the room. Um and she's gotta be the center of attention. And she's also a complete asshole. <laughs> uh she like doesn't really give a shit about anybody but herself. Um but uh 
in the midst of playing a video game, or not a video game, uh, a, a made-up game called Crazy Ball, which reminded, like, it was, this game of Crazy Ball is so fucking ridiculous that it reminded me of True American. <laughs> Just, like, the complete nonsensical rules. Yeah, I really want to know the rules of Crazy Ball. <laughs> like, like not unlike True American, you can pick up on some of the rules. Right. But like, like, I get the switcheroo. Yeah. But I don't know what the jumping jacks thing is. I have no idea. <laughs> and apparently you get a five-point bonus for a butt shot. Yeah, butt bonus. Right. Um, and you have to get to 67. 67, yes. <laughs> and then the switcheroo is if the balls collide in midair, the first person to punch their opponent gets all of their points plus one. Right. Um, okay, so... Uh, I forget exactly what prompted them to do it, but they dig a big hole in the yard. Well, they were playing crazy ball, and the winner became champion of the universe, and the loser got buried alive. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> like, she said that, and I was just like, ah, that's funny. And then she wins, and next thing they show is Luke digging a hole. I'm like, what the fuck? He's actually being buried alive. <laughs> He's digging his own grave. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so they dig the hole and dig um, a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole. Yeah, I like the song. Um, Fresh eyes, Santa Monica. <laughs> Never gonna get through this. <laughs> and uh, they happen across this glowing pinkish purple yeah. stone. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like a gemstone. Um, Mimi pulls it out of the ground. And he was like, oh, cool, look at my thing. Well, the thing is, Luke tried to pull it out, and he couldn't, because it's in, like, a bass thing. That's right. And then Mimi's just like, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, and it comes loose. Right. Which is funny, because then later, when the Templars are talking about it, they're like, there's a security code that no one could ever break. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, so she enters some random code in this, can't even tell, there's, like, buttons. It just looks like a stone. Yeah. Uh, altar or not altar, but um, pedestal of some sort. And she just randomly presses these buttons that opens up the, the lock or whatever that holds the stone, and she pulls it from its base. Uh, this uh, simultaneously awakens the Archduke of Nightmares, <laughs> who is, we come to find out, this warlord this intergalactic warlord who uh just goes from world to world galaxy to galaxy killing everything in his path um so he comes to track down this gemstone uh did it have a name it did but i don't remember it was something uh complicated fuck should have written it down yeah, I feel like he only said it once. No, they said it like th- three times, maybe. Not not a lot, but keep going. I'll I'll Google. Okay. Um. So yeah. So he after it, it was weird because it was like this weird aerial shot of what looked like Paris. Because I'm pretty sure I saw the Arc de Triomphe. Um, but then it seemed like it was, I don't know, maybe in the same city as the kids. 
because uh, the Archduke of Nightmares comes into this warehouse with these. Yeah, it must have been in the same city. Um, comes into this abandoned foot uh, foot factory, <laughs> foot, shoe, shoe foot factory, factory where these hobo thieves are hanging out. You know, griping about all the shitty stuff that they just stole. And he comes in and just kills them all in the most brutal ways possible. <laughs> um, one guy says, after he kills his two friends, one guy's like, please, I don't want to die. And he's like, then you shall live forever. And he basically just petrifies the guy's body and uh, must have done something to his mind because the eyes, guy's eyes are just rolling around in circles in his skull. And... Uh, you know, he's like seeing past the furthest reaches of madness or something like I forget exactly what he says, but something along those lines. Um, anyway, so now because he's been awakened and freed from his prison, um, he needs to seek down, seek out this gemstone, which is the source of his power. When he finally tracks down Mimi and Luke, um, he goes to attack them to steal the stone. But as he's about to do something to Luke, she tells him to stop. And this is when they realize that the holder of the stone, of, of the gem, controls what he does. They're basically his master. So he's kind of their puppet. <laughs> um or I should say Mimi's puppet, because she really could give a shit that Luke is even standing there. Um, and uh, The yeah. gem of Paraxodyke. There we go. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, the, the movie progresses where he... The, the Archduke, who has been since... So I guess it's not his official name, Archduke of Nightmares. No, he says he doesn't have an actual name. Yeah, he says... But he's it, known as the Archduke of Nightmares. Yeah. Like uh, a, a being of his nature can't possibly have a name of, you know, or, or something to, along those lines. And, you know, basically Mimi just ignores this and says, we need to come... We need to give you a name. And so her and Luke kind of workshop it and land on the name... Psycho Gorman, or PG, or PG for short. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, PG basically becomes their begrudging buddy, like devising a plan to get the gemstone back from, from Mimi so he can kill them both and then lay waste to the entire planet. <laughs> uh, and this guy's supposed to be the hero of the story. <laughs> Um, elsewhere on the planet Gygax, where PG is originally from, we have the Gygax Council, um, who I think they're, they're a council composed of people from different, of beings from different planets that have been affected by PG at some point, um, who know that he's been awakened, uh, and know that this the stone is in the possession of a human. Uh, so they call upon, I don't know, like these intergalactic police 
of some sort. The Templars, yeah. Yeah, they're called the Templars. And they basically look like um, like robotic angels, basically. You know, just big, these big... Like they look like something out of like a bad Tron ripoff or something. <laughs> sure, yeah. And the thing about this movie, and it's like, we're not, I'm not the first one to make this comparison, but uh, it is very reminiscent of Power Rangers. Yep, I, I thought the same thing. Um, the costuming, the, the, the... It's from Saban Films, too. Is it? Yeah. I don't know how I didn't notice that. It is? Or maybe that was wrong turn. One of these was. I'm seeing RLJ E. Anyway, doesn't matter. But yeah, the costumes are clearly made of like. Oh, that was wrong turn. Sorry. Oh, okay. I knew one of them was. Uh, yeah, you know, made of like foam rubber. So it's just, it's got that very. Uh, authentic Power Rangers feel to it. Yeah. Um, where they're, you know, very well-constructed costumes. They just have that kind of look to them. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the Guy X Council is just trying to figure out how they can possibly get PG back to sleep or, you know, to, you know, end him once and for all. Because um, we get eventually get the story from ages ago that he was you know, defeated by the Templars uh, and contained to some kind of, you know, prison uh, of one sort or another. Um, and the stone, which gave him his power, was hidden on Earth in this box that was apparently supposed to be impenetrable <laughs> with some kind of code that would require some high-level intellect uh, to open. Instead, you know, we got fucking Mimi just punching in number yeah. uh, you know buttons um and yeah so i mean that's that's kind of it like the pg like i said you know he's he's begrudgingly hanging out with these kids because he really has no choice um all the while plotting how he can get out from under mimi's thumb he calls in his his uh group of generals basically the which he calls the paladins uh, tells them to come rescue him. So while he's waiting for them to get to Earth, he's just kind of enduring this. Was that like the guy with the crown and those yeah. folks? Yeah. One of those guys was just a bucket of human parts with arms and legs. Yep. <laughs> it was just like a bucket with arms and legs filled to the brim with like heads and amputated arms and legs. And, and, he, sp and it spoke. Yeah. he spoke and he sprayed blood yeah uh my interpretation of what was going on there is that basically it would take bodies and process them into goo and then spray it out stands to logic yeah. uh, you know like i mentioned this artist that i follow uh he has been over the last god probably almost a couple of months at this point he's been drawing characters from from Psycho Gorman. Um, and uh, it's funny, I've seen drawings of a lot of these characters already. It was it was weird to see them... In the flesh? It, yeah, in the flesh, so to speak. Um, but he, like, I don't know if he was making this up, but he's, like, saying that, like, that character would cruise the battlefield after a battle and pick up bodies and process them into, into mush. I don't know if he made that up or if it's some kind of fan fiction or, or what, but 
Anyway. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's really funny because it's just so off the wall. Uh, Can Luke, we briefly talk about what happens to Alistair? <laughs> yes. Uh, Luke's best friend, Alistair, just some dorky little blonde kid. Then Mimi's got a huge crush on him. Yeah. Uh, She's in love with him. She wants to make him her boyfriend. Yep. She wants to kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> so she goes to uh, to PG and, uh, you know, kind of awkwardly confesses her love for Alistair. And he mentions that at one point he uh, did a, or he used a special love magic for some kind of, um, uh, king to to woo some some moon say like a moon princess or something like that something like that. Uh, he's like, I could do the same thing for you now, and apparently that was turning Alistair into a giant brain with eyeballs and tentacles, <laughs> googly eyes. It's like Alistair is just like this tiny little dork, and I felt bad for him because <laughs> at one point, like. They're uh, they're out at a playground. They're trying to teach Psycho Gorman, who is for some reason dressed like Alan Grant. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was like, why is he dressed like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park? <laughs> <laughs> um, like head to toe, he's got the hat. He's got the you know the bandana, little, the cravat, yeah, and the blue shirt, uh, <laughs> and even the the aviator sunglasses. Um, yeah, and so they're teaching him how to play crazy ball. And they see Alistair's scooting off. And she runs up to him. He's like, where are you going? He's like, I just want to go home. It's like, do you think I'll ever be normal again? It's like, oh. (laughs) I didn't expect him to talk. (laughs) Like, I thought he was going to be like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's so much in this movie that's just so off the wall and, and wacky. To to explain it all, with, with, <laughs> the fucking with, cop, he like half melts this cop, uh-huh. and he's just his face is just melted, and he's his gun is molded to his hand, and he's just like, <laughs> and, and he, just, he joins their crew apparently, <laughs> and he has no control over his gun, which has been fused to his hand now, so it's just like but he keeps trying to shoot himself because he doesn't want to live this way. <laughs> he'll just start flailing around, and suddenly he'll just. Bang! Bust a cap. <laughs> um, who are we missing? Oh, their parents. Luke and uh, Mimi's parents. Uh, Susan and... Greg. Greg. Greg is, is just a total piece of shit. Like, contributes nothing to his family. But somehow at the end, he becomes like a hero. It, like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> also, they're in a band. Right. <laughs> Um, they being Mimi, Luke, Alistair, and Psycho Gorman. Yeah, Alistair on keys, PG on on drums. I'm the heckin' best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frig off. Frig all the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's. If you're thinking this story makes no sense, you're right. You're absolutely right. But it it doesn't make sense in the best way possible. It's just so weird and f- and off the wall and, and funny. 
like it's it's just funny for no reason like like not not that it's not inten- not intentionally being funny it's just like you're watching it and you're laughing and it's like why is this funny yeah it's not like there's no jokes it's it's not something it's not a think piece right it's just so off the wall and bizarre that you're just you can't help but laugh because you have no other emotions yeah it's um, either that or just be mad about it right why is this so weird um you know if you put together like power rangers uh terminator 2 and mac and me into one movie that's basically psycho gorman with you know maybe like some hellraiser for for blood and guts yeah like there's these fight scenes and i'm just like this is like a fight scene out of like ultraman (laughs) but then it's like somebody like you know will get their hand chopped off or something and and it's just gushing blood and blood is everywhere and it's like okay i didn't do that on ultraman (laughs) (laughs) um Yeah, I mean, like, I don't really know what else to say because I don't, I don't want to just talk through the whole movie and spoil it. But I, I would, I wish we could talk about the end because it's just so <laughs> fucking dumb. <laughs> like, like the very end, or the last, yeah, five ten minutes. Okay, um, yeah. There's just so much weird, dumb shit going on. Like, like I don't, I don't mean to say dumb as in like like a negative way. Yeah. It's just, it's just dumb. <laughs> but it's so awesome at the same time. Um, and you know, like, in, in again, in this 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 artist stream, um, you know, of course, all of his his regulars, you know, the other people that watch him normally. Most of them have seen it, and they're constantly talking about it. And apparently, like the special edition DVD or Blu-ray that they released is called the Hunky Boy Edition. <laughs> not my Hunky Boys. Yeah, PG might also be gay. We're not really sure because he seems like he might be into Hunky Boys. <laughs> I mean, he even says he goes, "I'm not into Hunky Boys," or am I? Right. <laughs> Yeah, so me, he's he's uh he's dealing with some confusion. I think. Yeah, I mean maybe he's both. He could swing both ways. He could. Yeah. Uh, uh but yeah, it's just kind of this uh, heartwarming tale about a bloodthirsty alien and the little girl who controls him. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen pretty much everybody who's seen this movie say that Mimi. And up to this point, I didn't understand what the problem was, but saying that Mimi is like the worst and she's probably like the number one villain in the whole movie, I tend to agree. Yeah. Because she was like, she she almost had Psycho Gorman kill her brother. Yep. Like ordered him to do it. Yeah. Um, and it was like, just kidding. Yeah. It's like, no, no. But she's lucky that he didn't already because there are times where he kills people in like the snap of a finger literally makes them explode he grabs two people by the head and just rips their head right off right yeah that was his introduction yeah just like in one split second it's just like grab rip dead (laughs) um yeah and like oh so another thing i I really loved about this movie is it's about 99 percent practical effects Mm, yeah and longtime listeners will know how much i admire that 
Um, when they did like the the flashbacks of the scenes like on Gygax and stuff, the whole like look of it just reminded me of Kung Fury. Yes. Uh, and if you want an even more, like a closer example to Kung Fury, watch Manborg. Okay. Like that is, the production value of that is so poor. But it, it's it's not as funny as this. It's very amateurish. And like, like you might not even be able to get through it, honestly. <laughs> but if you watch like, it's it's on uh, Prime. So it, watch like the first 15 minutes of it and you'll you'll see it's, it's very kung fury-esque and you can definitely see where this movie came from by watching manborg okay um and yeah i don't know I, like i i had a lot of fun with this movie um i don't know that i'm as like over the moon about it as a lot of people are but i thought it was really fun um and definitely worth a rewatch um or you know even this this is a this is a shutter film and i know it's going to be on shutter i think sometime this month so you you should be able to actually just watch it on shutter you wouldn't even have to buy it um but this is a, a very strong recommend for me um I think I would give it a nine, but Mimi was so like cringe. Like I, like I mean, she's a kid, so you can only expect so much for from a lot of child actors. But the acting was terrible, and like the character was so fucking irritating. So the two combined was just like, oh. yeah. So knock a point off for that and give it an eight. Yeah, there was definitely times where I'm just like, I can't tell if I hate Mimi or the actress. <laughs> I, I don't. I generally don't know which one it is. It's hard to tell, especially with child actors, because you know, if a director says, "You do this this way," you know, a, a child would probably be more prone to do it exactly as instructed. Yeah. Um. So it's it's hard to tell, but yeah. No, I I I I know what you mean. I I really had no idea what to think going into this one. Like I I knew that it was just going to be absolutely insane, um, but yeah, it it is. <laughs> it's it's just so wacky and but it is fun. I as far as rewatch, I don't know because it's like a lot of the stuff. Once you know what's coming, it may not be as as out there. You know, I mean, yeah, that it, could be. It won't it won't have the. It'll hit differently as they say nowadays. The kids, yeah. the, the the tweeters say, um, the twatters. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, at least on initial watch, I agree. I think it's an eight. There you go. Okay, so yeah, both of these are available on VOD. Like I said, I think Psycho Gorman is going to be on Shutter later this month, and uh, as we've mentioned multiple times before, you should already have Shutter. So there you go. I hope they hear this, bro. <laughs> and that's the show, guys. That's the show. Uh, we made it through another one. Hey. And we'll be back with another one and another one. Another one. one. <laughs> uh, I thought that commercial was funny, like, the first time. And then every time after that, I'm like... The teeth, teeth brushing one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there it is. <laughs>
Okay, so we're going to be back in a couple weeks with a brand spanking new episode, guys. Taylor, what are we going to be watching? Get this. We're going to be watching two brand new Shutter movies. Hey, free episode, guys. <laughs> well, free if we if you have Shutter. Uh, well, yeah, we're going to be watching Lucky, starring Brea Grant, and Jacob's Wife, starring Babs Crampton and Elfess, Larry Fessenden. Did we watch? Did we watch a Brea Grant and Barbara Crampton? Did we watch a Brea Grant movie and a Barbara Crampton movie on an episode before, like just a couple episodes ago, or are those two different episodes? The stylist and sacrifice. Did we watch them together? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess <laughs> got a theme going. <laughs> And then we also, at one point, watched that movie that had Brea Grant and Barbara Crampton in it. Which one's that? Uh, it was called Apple Cart, and I don't remember what it got changed to. It also had, um, what's his name from your next? Oh, that one in the, in the cabin. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what it was called. AJ Bowen, that was the guy in it. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. It was something night. It was like dead of night. Dead night. Dead night. Okay, so Lucky and Jacob's wife. Jacob's wife. Look for it, which, you know, it's funny because. Wait. Sorry. Never mind. It's not funny. I was combining two different thoughts. All right. <laughs> forget i said anything jacob's wife sounds a little bit like some kind of reinterpretation of salem's lot hmm yeah but anyway so catch that in a couple weeks guys until then taylor where can people find us they can find us at graveplotpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts minus spotify rate review and subscribe and amazon we're not on amazon apparently Oh, yeah, Amazon has podcasts, don't they? Oh, yeah, because they sent us an email, and they're like, hey, we want you to uh, join our podcast thing. Just know that we will own all your episodes. And I'm like, no. Uh, hard pass. Hefty, uh, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And, of course, check out Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast to join us live for horror business and get other fun exclusive benefits friends with benefits friends with benefits <laughs> yep <laughs> taylor's gonna send you dick pics every month and tony will let you join his only fans for free oh free you can see his feet nobody wants to see my feet it's true you don't you don't nobody wants to see him oh god i don't I don't know if I've discussed on the show before, but I fucking hate feet. You have recently. Recently? Okay. <laughs> like, I don't like my own feet. Like, I don't want to touch my own feet. And so the thought of touching somebody else's foot makes me, like, sick to my stomach. I am, like, just neutral on feet. I'm not one of those people that I don't have a foot fetish, and I'm not really disgusted by feet. I, I, don't, I have no opinion of feet. They're like hands of the <laughs> leg to me. I, honestly, I, I can't explain it. I don't know why I find feet so repulsive. I don't know what it is. 
but I can't stand them. Okay, so we're going to go, guys. But we'll be back. So join us then. Right, Taylor? Yep. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.